to The War from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Well, rationing has been alluded to a few times in the programs we've played, but it has to be said that of all the different uh, rationing out there, uh, sugar or coffee, nothing quite changed American life as much as the rationing of gasoline, which came into effect later on in 1942. And many uh, Golden Age entertainers worked to sell the American people on rationing. Today we're going to take a look at a couple of different approaches uh, that really were uh, pretty soft in their use of uh, comedy. The first is a special from the Office of War Information, which actually has a pretty strong all-star cast. So here now from December 1st, 1942, is that special. This is Bill Goodwin speaking. From Hollywood, we present Jack Benny, Eddie Cantor, George Burns and Gracie Allen, Dinah Shore, the music of Paul Whiteman. Now come with us backstage to one of Hollywood's big radio studios. Eddie Cantor is calmly rehearsing a broadcast. Quiet! 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 Quiet, Union! Quiet! (laughs) Paul, can't the musicians tune those things at home? Do they have to do it here on my time? Not that I mind the money, but the Union says if they stay over time, I have to give them coffee. And who's got that kind of money? Mr. Cantor, would you like to have me run over my number? Oh, yes, Diney. You'd better do it right now, because Jack Benny is waiting to ride home with me. All right. Eddie, can't we go pretty soon? I'm getting a little tired of waiting. Just a couple more minutes, Jack. Gee, if I'd known it would take this long, I'd have had Rochester hitch up Leona and come after me. <laughs> Jack, look, it won't hurt for you to wait a few minutes. But I've been waiting for a ride home since last Sunday. <laughs> Besides, you're supposed to drive me home. I'm in your carpool. Yeah. Don't you remember? Wednesday, you drive me home. Thursday, Bing Crosby. Friday, Kate Smith takes me home. Saturday... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Kate Smith is in New York. All right, so it's a little out of her way. <laughs> anyway, next George Burns drives me home, and then it's your turn again. But, Jack, when is it your turn? When do you give me a lift? You mean you've forgotten? Forgotten what? The night I drove you and your whole family to the fights. You drove us to the fights? How do you like that he doesn't remember? How can you forget it? The night Dempsey lost his title. <laughs> Sixteen years ago, I can't remember it. You don't remember all your daughters piling in the back seat? Why, Janet was just a baby. You held her on your lap. Now I remember. You let her ride for half fare. I remember that. Gee, <laughs> didn't even remember. How quickly friends forget favors. Drove his whole family. He's forgotten. Jack, I remember it now. Even though it was sixteen years ago. Can't get over. You do a friend a favor, the next minute he's forgotten it. I haven't forgotten it. I even remember that I'd have packed a box of sandwiches for our lunch. During the fight, you got so excited, you sold them. Doesn't even remember. His whole family piled my car. That's what first broke down my Maxwell. <laughs> That's a short memory he's got. Oh, Jack, I remember it. Believe me, I remember it. It was my daughter's birthday, the oldest one. Uh, what's her name? Starts with an M. You know, the oldest one. <laughs> my oldest, dearest friends, he doesn't remember. How can you forget? Tunney was brilliant that night. I know he was, Jack. In fact, I bet on Tunney and you bet on Dempsey. We bet ten dollars. That reminds me, you never paid me. 
I didn't? No. How can you expect me to remember something that happened 16 years ago? What do you think I am, an elephant? Goodness, it didn't happen yesterday. I have other things to think of. Oh, about. go ahead, Dinah. Let's hear your song. What are you going to sing? White Christmas. Let's have a dolly. He doesn't remember. Susie? You've been singing that for years. Well, not so long. I sang it first the night of the fight. That was a different fight. You sang that the night John L. Sullivan won his title. <laughs> That's right. That's another ten you owe me. All the... right, Eddie, let's go. I haven't been home since Sunday. Right after this number. All right, Paul, let's go. If you know Susie, like I know Susie. Oh, 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 what a girl. All right, Paul. All right, all right, all right. All right. No, Paul, no, Paul. Oh, that, that's the way we'll do it, Paul. That's the way we'll do it. Only on the air, I won't coast. I'll put some pep into it. You know what I mean? More pep? I can't understand it. I know he's older than I am. Who, who Come on, Eddie. Let's go home. I've been waiting for days now. A few more minutes won't hurt you. Maybe some of the other boys want to ride my car. Remember, Jack, we've got mileage rationing. Oh, hello, Eddie. Have you seen... Well, Jack, Eddie, so here you are. I've been looking all over for you. For me, Gracie? Well, sure. You haven't been home since Sunday, and Mary is practically a wreck. She's been waiting for you in your apartment, and she hasn't had a bite of food for three days. Gee, really? Poor kid, I'm terribly sorry. Well, you ought to be. You went away and forgot to leave the key to your icebox. <laughs> Gosh, that's right. I took all the keys with me. Mary, she couldn't even turn the lights on and read. <laughs> I... 
I really think you better go right home, Jack. I will, Gracie, as soon as Eddie finishes this rehearsal. Well, why do you have to wait for him? Well, you see, mileage rationing is here now, Gracie, and Jack wants to do his share, so he's pooling my car. Oh, don't make it sound so one-sided. You know darn well I'm pooling my horse, and you're in on that. Yeah, but look how you've arranged it. Fibber McGee sits on her neck, Crosby is behind him, you sit in the saddle, George Burns is behind you, and then comes Edgar Bergen. Where am I? You're behind Bergen. Leona has a very strong tail. <laughs> Some pool. Well, I don't understand all this. What are you boys talking about, anyway? Gracie, haven't you heard that gasoline is being rationed? Well, of course I know gasoline is being rationed. My goodness, what do you take me for, Don? I've read all about it. You're only allowed one cup a day. <laughs> one cup? Gracie, that's coffee. Oh, Eddie, don't be silly. A car won't run on coffee. <laughs> no, no, Gracie, I don't think you understand. You see, cars run on gasoline. So at this point, gasoline has to be rationed. But why? There's plenty of gasoline. I know, but the real reason for cutting down on the amount of gasoline we use is to save rubber. Oh, really? Well, that's very interesting. I had no idea gasoline was made from rubber. <laughs> it isn't, you see. But I had the impression that gasoline came out of wells in the ground. That's right. And I've often thought how convenient it was for the filling stations that those wells were always found under the busiest street corners. <laughs> You try it. Gracie, look. Uh, what they're really rationing is mileage. See, the less we drive our cars, the more rubber we save. And the rubber we save is vital to essential industries and to the Army. The Army? Uses rubber? Sure. Well, gee, wouldn't you think with all the modern weapons that soldiers wouldn't have to use slingshots? <laughs> Gracie, the Army doesn't use rubber for slingshots. No? No. Rubber cushions for the parachute troops in Egypt? What? In case they come down on those pyramids. Uh, you take it, Eddie. Gracie, let's take this from a different angle. The American people are doing everything possible to save the rubber on their tires. That's why there's a rule that regulates how fast we can drive. Oh, I know. I've been obeying the rule. Of course, it is a little discouraging to drive to the dairy for a bottle of milk and then have the milk turn sour before I get home. Why should the milk turn sour? Well, because I leave for the dairy in the morning and I don't get home until the following night. How far is this dairy from your house? A mile. A mile? Well, yeah, you know what the law says. You have to drive a mile in 35 hours. <laughs> no, Gracie, you have to drive 35 miles an hour. Well, what did I say? Take it, Jack. Gracie, people who travel faster than 35 miles per hour are liable to lose this war. Oh, now I understand. Good. General Rom Rommel is liable to lose the war, huh? Eddie, you want it? No, keep it. All right. Gracie, let's forget about the speed limit. Let's concentrate on the fact that we've got to get the absolute maximum service out of the tires now on our cars. We've got to rotate them. You know, switch them around. Oh, well, I did that. I put my front tires on the back and my back tires on the front. Of course, now I have an awful stiff neck. From what? Well, it's very hard to keep your eyes on the road while you're driving in reverse. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie, I insist that you take it. Okay, okay. Gracie, there's one way of saving rubber that you must be able to understand, and that is carpooling. That means sharing rides with the people who live in your neighborhood. Oh, yes. My girlfriend, Tootsie Sackville, does that. She's the one who isn't married and lives in a tent. 
I know I'm a sucker for asking you, but why does she live in a tent? Well, because you can pitch a tent in different neighborhoods every day, and if she wants, she can share rides with Robert Taylor or Walter Pigeon, Cary Grant, Ray Milan, never Robert mind, Young. Never mind, never mind, Jack. I just took her. Take her again. <laughs> you take her. Not me. Somebody's got to take her. Hello, boys. Hello, George. <laughs> Gee, you fellas act glad to see me. We are. You're just in time to take away a headache. Whose? Yours. I don't get it. Hello, George. Now I get it. Now I get it. <laughs> George, we've been trying to explain mileage rationing to to Gracie. And uh, you're having trouble? No, 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 we're all right. She just doesn't know what we're talking about at all. Well, look, fellow, just leave it to me. Come here. I want to whisper something to you. All right, dear. I'll say about ten minutes for how Oh, that's so. Oh, well, i got to tell the boys. Boys, do you know that there's a shortage of rubber in this country? No. Oh, yes, a critical shortage. So we all have to conserve. Remember, rubber won't stretch if you haven't got any. And the best way to save rubber is to ration mileage. And the best way to ration mileage is to ration gasoline. Even in sections where there's no shortage of gasoline. You see, it's a national problem, so we've got to treat it nationally. That's right, Gracie. Of course it's got to be an inconvenience, but after all, what's an inconvenience when we weigh it against possible calamity? Remember, rationing still provides essential gasoline for essential driving. Pleasure car drivers get A-cards, and that's all. But nobody in America has lost his job because he wasn't given enough gasoline to get to work. So let's remember this. If we want this country to keep operating, we've all got to keep cooperating. Why, Gracie, that is wonderful. George, uh, tell us one thing. What did you whisper to Gracie? Well, come here, fellas. I'll whisper to you. I'll say about ten minutes for opposite, too. Oh, I that the whole rationing thing would be clearer once Gracie Allen explained it. Uh, yesterday, we played a couple episodes of Melody Roundup where Lum and Abner hosted, while well, they continued to do their own uh, radio program, and they managed to work in their word for gas rationing uh, at the end of their uh, rocket ship to Mars plot. You might wonder about uh, how they ended up attempting to launch a rocket ship Mars from Pine Ridge, Arkansas, but that just indicates that uh, perhaps you don't listen to the show. At any rate, uh, they kind of work this in on the tail end of that plot in their own homespun fashion. So here uh, is the Lum and Abner show from November the 19th of 1942. It's our ring time for Lum and Abner, brought to you by the makers of Alka-Seltzer. Well, 
Folks, don't you agree, now that most of us are working harder and are under a greater nervous strain than ever before, it's only natural that we play harder, too? Well, if in your attempt to forget your cares and your worries of the day, you should ever forget your better judgment and let yourself go too far, be sure to remember Alka-Seltzer. Now, Alka-Seltzer is just made to order for the headachey stomach upsets that frequently follow good times because it offers threefold relief. It offers relief of the headache, soothing comfort for the upset, on-edge stomach, and helps reduce excess gastric acidity. Well, be sure to try it whenever you let yourself go and have too good a time. You know, of course, that you can get Alka-Seltzer at all drugstores in 30- and 60-cent-sized packages and also by the glass at any drugstore soda fountain. Now, let's see what's going on down in Pine Ridge. Well, the bubble has burst. The famous rocket ship was blown to bits as it attempted to take off on its fabulous flight to the planet Mars. Fortunately, both Lom and Abner escaped without injury, neither one of them being in the ship at the time of the explosion. Squire Skimp was not quite so fortunate, however. Mr. Corey, the prospective investor, turned out to be a detective and placed Squire under arrest for selling stock in a non-existent corporation. As we look in on the little community today, we find the old fellows back in their jot down store and library, and Lum is talking on the telephone. Listen. Uh, no, Mom. That's all I know. Well, Squire just had to go out of town on some kind of business, I think. No, I don't know that, neither. Uh-huh. All right, not at all, Miss Simpson. Uh-huh. Goodbye. Grannies. Sister Simpson, is that who it was? Yeah. Trying to find out what happened to Squire so she could gossip it all over town, I reckon. Well, why didn't you just tell her he was arrested long? Oh, he's more than likely having enough trouble as it is. Yeah. If Sister Simpson got hold of the story, she'd get it twisted to where Squire committed a murder and everything else. Well, uh, long exactly what did he get arrested for? I never did figure that out. For selling stock in the Mars Corporation. Well, what's wrong with that? That's legal, ain't it? No, not when they ain't actual no corporation. Well, there was a corporation, though. I, I was vice president of it, so there must have been one. No, there wasn't. Huh? You see, Squire never got it incorporated. He just told us he did. Huh? And then he got them stock shares printed up at some little printing shop. Well, I do know. It wasn't worth a penny. And he's selling them for $10 a piece. Oh, and that's what they arrested him for, huh? Yeah, that was it. I don't get it's a lucky thing that for us that we weren't able to sell none of them things, Lom, or we would have got arrested too, wouldn't we? Gernies, that's right, ain't it? Why, sure. Yeah, I never thought of that before. Well, wait a minute, old Lom. We was officers in that corporation. Ain't we just as guilty as Squire? Well, ordinary we would be, yeah, if it was corporated. But it wasn't, see. Yeah. And another thing, Squire saved us from that. He never knowed he was doing it, of course. Well, how'd he do that? Well, you see, he thought that Mr. Corey was a big financial financier feller. He never knowed he was a detective, of course. Yeah, I know that. So old Squire was trying to sell him this stock. And he wanted to get all the money for himself, so he told Mr. Corey, me and you didn't actually have much to do with the corporation. Said it was all his own idea. 
Well? Wait a minute, Cedric. What do you mean, Pine Ridge ain't big enough? What are you getting so big-headed about? Well, I ain't getting big-headed. It's the same size it always was, I think. I'm just trying to be patriotic, that's all. Patriotic? What are you talking about, Cedric? Well, this here. This is a A book. Huh? I believe that's what they call it. It's got stamps in it. Oh, stamp album. You starting one of them, Cedric? Wait a minute. This ain't no stamp album. That's a gas rationing book, ain't it, Cedric? I don't know. All I know is they said each one of them stamps is good for four gallons of gasoline. Well, I do know. Well, that sounds like a right good bargain, Cedric. Believe I'll buy some myself. They're that cheap. No, you got the wrong idea, Abner. Huh? These stamps don't buy the gas. They just give you the right to buy the gas. Huh? You can't get any unless you got a book with these stamps in it. Well, that's a funny way to run a sale on gas. Well, they ain't running no sale on gas. They're doing just the opposite. They give them its rationing gas. Rationing it? Yeah. Why, that's silly. We got plenty of gas. Why, right over in Oklahoma, I bound you, they got barrels and barrels of it. I know that. Well, don't the government know it? Sure, the government knows it. They know it better than me and you. Well, then, what's the idea of rationing this gas in? Just give me a chance to explain it to you. Go ahead, go ahead. You're making the same mistake a lot of folks is. The government ain't doing this because there's a shortage of gasoline. They're doing it because there's a shortage of rubber for automobile tires. Oh. They want to keep every car running all during the duration. Because that's important. Yes, huh? Of course it is. That's how folks get backwards and forwards to work and all that. Yeah. Anyway, they figured out the natural way to save rubber tires is not to run them so far. Cut down the mileage. Are you following me? Uh-huh. And they found out the best way to cut down mileage is to ration gasoline. Oh. That's simple enough to understand, ain't it? Oh, sure, sure. I see it now, yeah. But now, what if a feller can't get along on that much gas, oh? Well, they got other books a feller can get if he's entitled to them. But the best way to solve that is to get together with your neighbors and share your cars. Huh. For instance, if two fellers take turns riding to work with one another... Now, wait a minute, use... though. Now, uh, who, who are these two fellers, now? Well, just any two fellers. If they take... Well, what's their names? Well, it don't matter what their names is. It does, too, Long. If they're going to ride with one another, they ought to know who they're riding with. It ain't safe getting in with just any old stranger you see. Well, these fellers ain't strangers, Abner. They're neighbors. They are? Sure. Well, I know you'd think they'd know one another's names then, wouldn't you? Living right next door to one another that way. <laughs> Must be awful stuck up, folks. Abner, they know who each other are. Well, they who know, are they I... then? That's what I want to know. You got my cue, Ross. I don't know who they are. The point well, is... Well, what are they being so secret about this for? Are they ashamed of something they did? Oh, for goodness sakes, hash up and let me explain it. Go ahead. The point of it is that two fellers ride together and take turns using their cars. Both these fellers are traveling as far as they used to, but they're running their cars just half that far. Huh? In other words, share your car and go twice as far. That's an old lettered saying I just made up, I think. Oh. Well, are you through with my stamp book now, Mr. Lowe? Huh? Oh, excuse me, Cedric. Might not have forgot about you. Yeah, yeah, here's your book. Doggers, I'd give anything to know who them two fellers is. Well, I expect I better be going now. I'll send you fellers a postcard from the city. The city? Yes, ma'am. Oh, wait a minute, Cedric. I forgot what we started out discussing with you. Exactly why are you going to a big city? Well, because I have to. 
Pine Ridge is just ain't big enough, that's all. Ain't big enough for what, Cedric? For being patriotic, then. Huh? I got to get to a big place, that's all there are to it. Well, why do you, Cedric? Well, the government gave me this gas stamp book and told me to use it, didn't they? Well, yeah, you said they did. Well, I got to do what they tell me to do, don't I? Sure. Well, I know good and well I'll never be able to use up no four gallons of gas a week in a little place like Pine Ridge going backwards and forwards to work. Say, Mother, are you and your family getting enough vitamins A and D each day to take full advantage of their protective benefits? You know, it could easily be that you're not. Because, for example, food loses much of its vitamin A content when exposed to light and when cooked in open pans. And as far as vitamin D is concerned, well, few foods contain this important vitamin in any appreciable amount. So, Mother, give every member of your family... One pleasant-tasting, one-a-day brand, vitamin A and D tablet every day. Now, that one tablet supplies the same amount of vitamins A and D as one and one-half teaspoonfuls of cod liver oil, meeting minimum USP standards. That's an amount which is actually 25% more than a person's minimum daily requirements of these two important vitamins. Think of that for convenience. Just one pleasant-tasting tablet once a day. One of the A and D tablets are mighty economical too, just slightly more than a penny a day when you buy the large family size package. So, ask your druggist for the genuine one a day brand vitamin A and D tablets, and you better ask him too for a package of one a day brand vitamin B complex tablets. Both are made by the Miles Laboratories, makers of Alka Seltzer, and their potencies are guaranteed. Listen again every weekday at this time for Lum and Abner down in Pine Ridge, brought to you by the makers of Alka-Seltzer and One-A-Day brand vitamins. Gene Baker speaking. Welcome back, and a good way to end that with a very uh, cute hook by Cedric at the end. And of course, again, that was uh, Chester Locke and Norse Golf actually doing all uh, three voices. That will do it for today. If you uh, have a comment, email me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. I welcome your story or that of loved ones who served during World War II. Ken Curlin provides our opening theme music, KenCurlin.com. I am your host, Adam Graham. This uh, series is provided as a service of the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio, GreatDetectives.net.